0: Welcome to Spark Joy, the podcast dedicated to celebrating the Kamari method and the transformative power of surrounding yourself with joy and letting go of all the rest. With your hosts and certified Kamari consultants, Kristen Ivey and Karen Sochi. And now, here's the show.
1: Welcome to the 2019 SparkJoy Highlights Show, our last show of this year and of this decade. We're grateful for our dedicated listeners and those who have joined in on the SparkJoy movement this year, or even as recent as last week. We've hit some huge milestones this year. We've released over 100 episodes, interviewed over 90 guests. And SparkJoy was downloaded almost two million times. We also launched the SparkJoy Club this year, our very own private membership community, an extended tidying experience that helps you deepen your understanding and the application of the KonMari method and lifestyle. Here's more. The question, "Does it spark joy?" is a simple one, but not so easy to execute alone extend your tidying experience by joining the spark joy club our online community filled with our clients fellow listeners and kamari enthusiasts ready to support your journey
0: if you find yourself buried under clothing stuck on storage or pointing fingers at untidy housemates or family members we want to help you finish your tidying journey
1: once and for all Support the show at the Joy Riser level and receive access to our exclusive virtual community, as well as the Tidy Home Joy Journal, your number one tidying companion.
0: Visit SparkJoyPodcast.com and click on Join the Club to get started. And now back to the show. We're inspired by reading all of your feedback and stories, and we're looking forward to showcasing them even more next
1: year in a very special way, so stay tuned. And please keep those questions coming. We use them to help us plan which guests to invite on our show and the topics to explore. We love helping you make Kamari work for your life by applying the method and fundamentals to your specific clutter challenges. Before we jump into some of our favorite episodes of 2019, you know what's coming. It's time for a joy check, year in style. Karen, the big question is, what sparked the most joy for you in 2019?
0: Well, it's really hard to narrow it down, but I have to say that I've been working on this big project and true to you know, kind of the whole idea of being a professional organizer, I find it very hard to be home working on a project and not get distracted by puttering around or reorganizing something that's already been organized five times. It's just really hard for me to concentrate at home. And writing is not my favorite thing in the world. So I have discovered that I can blend my love of hotel rooms and my need to get this project done into one little package. So what I've been doing is I found a really nice little hotel that's part of the reward program that we are members of in Atlantic City, of all places. Now, you would think I would go to Atlantic City and it would be even more distracting, but I really don't gamble. I will confess that I've put maybe a few dollars into a slot machine here and there, but for the most part, I just go there, settle in, and get work done. I've become a regular patron of this little pub that's across the street from that little hotel. And I have my favorite on the menu there. So I pop over there for lunch and grab it. And yeah, it's just been, I don't know, it's just been kind of fun and nice. And I love hotel rooms. A lot of my clients tell me when they're getting started, when they're talking about their vision, that they envision the hotel room experience is what they're looking for. And I can so relate to that. So I don't know if that's really a great thing to say has been sparking the most joy for me, but I I will say it's probably been one of the most productive things for me this year. And that certainly sparks joy. Sounds like you're taking like a writing staycation pretty much, right? Yes, exactly. It's kind of a work vacation, which is, you know, super rewarding. And it's also kind of nice to get away and just, you know, it's actually very close to the boardwalk. So I take walks along the New Jersey shore, which is very beautiful. And I don't know, it's just kind of fun. I've really been able to enjoy doing it and getting away a little bit.
1: I'm actually doing something very similar in December, where I'm going to be participating in a Cross It Off day, which is a moment where I'm there not alone with others who are crossing things off their to-do list, but we're removing ourselves from Chicago and all of the distractions and heading to this really, really nice big, like, HGTV house in Michigan. So it's like a three-day staycation also, but a w- very much so focused on working and getting things done. So I totally feel you on that.
0: You know, it really seems like there is this whole world of like retreats for whatever kinds of passions that you want to pursue. So, you know, obviously there's like religious retreats or the yoga retreats. I went on a yoga retreat once, but there are even retreats for things like knitting or even doing things like you'll be doing. So it's kind of fun. And they're not as expensive or out of reach as a lot of people might think. Some of them are extremely reasonable and it's kind of fun to get away. Definitely. So what about you, Kristen? What's sparking the most joy for you this year?
1: Well, if I could do a big year in review, I would probably say speaking engagements was high on the list of what sparked joy for me, which is weird for me even to say now because I never have like woken up in the morning like, I'm a natural speaker. This is like my favorite thing to do ever. You know, it's something that I've had to do so much in my corporate life and then became more natural over time, for sure. And now it's something that I've switched over to actually really enjoying. So although you never stopped being nervous when you speak, really, I've definitely trained myself to turn it into more of a feeling of excitement and I get going and I get in that zone and that flow and it's been really fun. So I actually took a look back over the 3 years and added up that I have spoken about Tiding and Kunmari over 80 times. So I think wow. I just had my 80th speaking engagement anniversary or whatever it was very recently as I closed out in November all of the speaking engagements for this year. So that sparked the most joy for me this year. Now I'm looking forward to really doing more of that in 2020. So I would definitely say speaking about tidying is top of my list.
0: Well, I knew that you had been doing a lot of speaking, but I had no idea it was that number. That's really huge. But I bet it still feels a little nerve-wracking before each one, even though you've done it so often.
1: Yeah, and I've heard from people who have done this professionally way longer than I have that the nerves really never go away. And you actually don't want them to go away because... They really fuel your enthusiasm and excitement for what you're talking about.
0: Very, very good. That's a great accomplishment to feel joyful about this year. Okay, now we've reflected on this year's joyful moments. It's time for a year end review. We have a lot to cover today, and we're going to start by highlighting our favorite shows and takeaways from this season of Spark Joy, which is becoming our annual tradition here on the Spark Joy Podcast. And then we'll announce the six listeners who now will have their choice of Conmari theme prizes to claim as we move into 2020.
1: When it concerns our episode highlights, this is really difficult for us to come up with four episodes to showcase in this show because we've enjoyed all of our guests and we've received lots of feedback on so many episodes. So it's really hard to choose our favorites. So we've narrowed it down to sharing episodes that we loved but also episodes that had the most significant impact on our lives. So, for example, we can't have a best of 2019 show without including a highlight from the best thing to happen to Kunmari this year, if not ever, which was, of course, the debut of Netflix Tidying Up with Marie Kondo.
0: In episode 68, behind the scenes, Netflix Tidying Up with Marie Kondo with Trisha Fidler and Jane Grodum. We got the scoop from the two Conmaire consultants who worked with the cast families for hours behind the scenes prior to Marie Kondo's return. Here's more from Jane and Trisha as they shared more about their role as subject matter experts assisting the cast families, which were featured in Netflix Tidying Up.
2: You know, thinking about our role as subject matter experts. We were really there not for the producers as or for really KMI or Marie. We were there to work directly with the cast families. And I do believe the producers and the production crew that we were working with made that a point. Like we went straight in right to the people. Like we weren't really around, you know, hanging out with the film crew. You know, we weren't really uh, sitting out, you know, and talking with KMI people. We were really just going to the job and concentrating like we were just straight in, you know, working on categories. Right, Jane? Like, Yes, yeah, so true. Yeah. We, we were definitely there to support and guide them. We weren't there with any other purpose. And, and it wasn't set up for us to really be there for any other purpose, which I was really grateful for, you know, being on the set and you've got other people around and it gets to be very distracting. So, yeah, it was it was really great. To be just focused on doing what we do uh, every day for our clients and presenting the method and helping
1: guide. I make it a point to mention Trisha and Jane so much during my speaking engagements <laughs> and also just like conversations too with like potential clients or existing clients. I make sure to let anyone who mentions the Netflix show in general know that there were two very hardworking ladies trained. To help those families. So I think because they weren't featured on camera, there was a general impression that those families tidied up within 30 days, 40 days, 50 days, or whatever the counter was on the show. There was two hardworking professionals behind the scenes who helped them. And I'm just so glad that they were able to join us on the show and share their perspective.
0: Well, I also have mentioned in the times that I've spoken and Generally, with new clients, I'll ask two questions. Have you read Marie Kondo's books? And then have you seen the Netflix series? And if they tell me that they've only seen the Netflix series, then I go, okay, so let me tell you about how it really works. Because as we know, it appeared in the show that Marie Kondo just kind of comes into someone's home makes a big pile and then says, okay, I'll see you next time. And of course, we know that it's a little more complicated than that. And I had forgotten about the uh, day counter until you just mentioned that, Kristen. But the one thing that we were happy about was that as far as the number of days that elapsed, it did seem a little more realistic because a lot of times these reality shows that are kind of, you know, home improvement based, make it appear that, the transformation just happens overnight, and of course, we know that that's not true. So there was good and bad that went along with the show, but I definitely have enjoyed, you know, having Trish and Jane as resources to kind of say, "Oh, so how was it on the uh, on the show?" and in, in reality. And of course, I think our listeners really enjoyed hearing about that as well.
1: Definitely, and so true about how much can get lost in the production of a reality show. I think that Trisha and Jane made a great point when they mentioned that what wasn't lost and what was really realistic in the show was the fact that so many different families were represented and they also reflected the different ways of navigating the Kunmari method. So they mentioned that some families needed a little bit more help than others and that mirrors the types of clients that we interact with where we have to wear multiple hats or kind of navigate the method to really be customized to the scenario and the circumstance. So I think that was interesting how they made the point that the same reality showed up as they were filming these with the eight families that were represented on the show. Absolutely agree. Big thank you to Jane and Trisha for helping us lift the curtain on the show and representing the Kanmari consultant community so well on such a big platform. The Netflix tidying up show has truly had such a life-changing impact on the reach of the KonMari method, and we hope that Marie Kondo will hit the streaming service one more time in the future.
0: Next up, we shifted gears from thinking about organizing to thinking about home design and arrangements impact us energetically and spiritually. In episode 71, Feng Shui with master Feng Shui expert, Laura Serrano, we explored the intersection between Kanmari and Feng Shui, two Eastern philosophies that complement each other so well in the home. Here's more from Laura as she breaks down the basic principles of Feng Shui.
3: Some basic principles that everyone can utilize from their day to day. Obviously, number one, which was mentioned before, to declutter. And I believe this is in the book where whatever you don't need, use, love. You release it, let it go, because there can be a lot of emotional attachment to that, psychological attachment to that. Uh, And I'd say more in the psychological department, they are doing studies to prove the benefits of releasing those objects. And so we start with that. Then the next foundation is assessing the energy flow of the interior of the space, just to keep it simple. You're looking at furniture arrangement. You first ask yourself, what's the function of each room within my house? And then you break it down to asking yourself, okay, now that I know the function, what type of furniture do I need within that space? And then once you figure that out, you go to the next question and say, how can I arrange the space? So we don't go immediately into arranging. We have to first understand what's the purpose? Why are we in that space? What's the function? And then we go into arranging. And when we arrange the space, we want to make sure there's in feng shui terminology, a good flow of energy, meaning in a metaphorical discussion, nothing is being obstructed. Because if you have furniture or objects in general that are obstructing your walking path, as soon as you enter your home, or as soon as you enter into another room or a hallway, that creates a blockage. And that can be a metaphor for your mindset, your emotions energy flow in general, because with feng shui, it's not just referencing the physical environment of where you live and work. It can also reference the internal environment of your organs of, again, your psychological mindset. And it just starts to break down into this micro versus macro world, but they're constantly fluxing back and forth.
1: Laura shared so many great practical tips in this episode. I really enjoyed them because I really did have a very superficial level of understanding of feng shui, even though it's been around for quite some time and and talked about in popular culture. So I really appreciated the tips that I could basically get up and implement immediately after we recorded. I took her information, put it to action. I ordered a crystal for my window. So that helped it sits there it's like pyramid shaped and it's there to trap bad energy or bad dreams and things like that i've been sleeping pretty soundly ever since and i also have applied the whole idea of ringing in the money so i was thinking about this recently how i didn't necessarily want to put bells on my front door i just thought that would be distracting i actually go in and out of the house quite a lot because i have a dog so That door is opening at least two or three times a day (laughs) at the minimum. So I just was like, gosh, my neighbors are going to hate me if this is loud ringing every time I leave the house. So I decided to think creatively here. So I noticed on my vision board, I had a little token that I received from a vendor who was across from me at the Printer's Row Fest in Chicago. So we had sat across from each other for like two days And she so graciously came over and gave me this like small charm. And it was so nice. And it was Chinese characters. I'm actually going to ask some of the Kamari consultants in China to see what it says, because I really don't know what the meaning is. But it has a really small bell attached to it. So I thought that would be so appropriate. This Chinese statement and the bell hanging from my door. It's a really subtle touch rather than like an aggressive bell. So I'm excited about that for 2020 to ring in the money. And I also installed a second shelf in my bedroom. I have a really small in table. It's basically just like a half moon that juts right out of the wall and it just holds my alarm. And I only set up one. I didn't set up the other one. I think I was just like procrastinating and (laughs) just forgot about it, but it came as a pair. So Laura was saying that in order to invite love and relationships, you should look at symmetries in your space. So pairing two pieces of art together or having two end tables. So I'm going to make sure that happens for 2020 as well.
0: Yeah, I love that. I think a lot of what Laura had to say impressed me because there was just so much consideration of all the different aspects of your home life. And for me, you know, I was kind of raised with this idea that, your home should not smell like anything but pine salt. (laughs) It was just supposed to smell clean, you know, and that fragrances were really just covering up something that was not good. But I think feeling much more comfortable with this idea of bringing fragrances in the home has allowed me to explore candles and things like that. And, you know, it's really a matter of, of when I open up the door, I feel greeted in all of my senses, as opposed to just vision. So that has been a nice addition for me. And that really came as a result of really thinking in terms of of the Feng Shui approach. The other thing too is that I I find that I'm opening up the windows a lot more often and letting air circulate, which also is a really important thing. And I have so noticed a difference. You know, in New York City, you're always a little hesitant to open up the windows, but I find that it really was not the issue that I was concerned about it, there is fresh air in New York City, believe it or not, and it's really nice to, f- to just feel the just kind of the cleanliness that better circulation of the air brings. So I, I really appreciated that. I will say that I still have issues with storage under my bed, which I know is a big no-no. But as Laura and I discussed, the only thing that I really have under the bed are suitcases, which is not necessarily a bad thing, but it's definitely a goal to have that entire area. Clear as she, as we talked about in the episode. I really enjoyed learning the tips.
1: Yeah, I definitely still have some shoes and some suitcases under my bed (laughs) as well. We're small space dwellers, so I guess we've got to make it work. But yeah, Laura talked about how that's okay in some instances. And I feel like I've done the other things so that something should balance out there. And I just love how feng shui is all about purpose and function but it's also about intention and attraction, which are things that we definitely talk about within the context of Kanari too. So really enjoying how the two really complement each other. Thank you, Laura, for demystifying such a powerful concept. Next up, we highlight our discussion with one of the most influential writers on habits, happiness, and human nature, bestselling author Gretchen Rubin. Happiness and joy are really big concepts to unpack, so we were thrilled to have Gretchen on to discuss how the two overlap and hear her tips for creating outer order and inner calm. Here's more from episode 74, Happiness, Joy, and Order with Gretchen Rubin.
4: My sister, uh, who's the co-host of the Happier Podcast with me, says that sometimes I can be a bit of a happiness bully. And one way it comes out is I'm begging my friends always to let me help them clear clutter because you get that contact high of bringing the clutter, but without the emotional and decision fatigue that comes from your own stuff. So it's like, it's so clear when it's somebody else's things like, get rid of that. You don't want that. I can tell you don't even like that. That thing's broken. Like, you don't even know what that is. Like, it's so easy um, with your own stuff. It feels so much more complicated. Um so I love the show because I just love seeing people achieve that. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting to see like just how they pull back on it. I'm just endlessly fascinated with people's relationship to their possessions and and like the different roles that people play, you know, in couples and how they help each other or don't help each other or there's just little moments that I think are fascinating. Yeah, so I can't get enough of it. I love it.
0: Another big highlight of the year for me was getting to hear Gretchen speak at the NAPO, which is the National Association of Professional Organizers Conference in Dallas last year. She's just a really great speaker and everyone was really motivated and inspired by her talk about finding happiness. And it really so closely aligns with a lot of the principles of Kanmai. Also, I really enjoyed following her Instagram this year. She always has really highly motivational input about you know how to seek happiness. What are the important things in your life? She's very focused on this idea of vision and the importance of vision in your life, which is something, of course, we can all apply to our KonMari journeys. The other thing I think has been really fun is her podcast that she has with her sister. And of course, they're both Kansas City girls, which is is something that we share. I've really enjoyed listening to the dynamic between her and her sister as they talk about different topics related to the work that they both do. So it was just such an honor to have her on the show. And of course, we had her on the show right before, maybe the day of her book release. And it was Mm -hmm. really fun to watch how excited people were with the book and the appearances that she made all over the country. So it was a great episode. I really enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, I did as well. And I love that. Gretchen's all about like, here's all the tips I can provide and you can take or leave the ones that you like or don't like or the ones that make you happy or don't make you happy. And one of the ones that I really resonated with was the one about fake work versus make work or procrastinating was another term she was talking about how we sometimes make work for ourselves unintentionally in order to procrastinate when it comes to something that is more of a challenge to work on and i find myself doing that sometimes because i have such an affinity for repetitive tasks tasks what most would think were like mundane i love being in the zone and like working on things like that it's very like meditative experience for me So I always have to be careful that I'm not making assignments like that that really aren't necessary in order to avoid something that requires me to engage or think a little deeper or more strategically. So I love that concept and I mention it to my clients when it appears in their life as well. And procrastinate clearing is something that we all probably have experienced. Sometimes we can use tidying as a way to distract us from other things we have to do that are more important or more of a priority. So I was so happy that she came on our show because she is the queen of happiness. So we've now been able to have conversations with the queen of joy and the queen of happiness.
0: Very funny. Yes, it's very true.
1: Last but not least, we highlight our conversation with Vanessa Van Edwards, who has reached hundreds of thousands of people In over 200 countries, with her research based courses and best selling book, Captivate, that explores patterns behind human behavior. I've been a fan of Vanessa's for so many years now. So it was such an honor to have her on our show. Vanessa describes herself as a recovering awkward person, which I can totally relate to. And she's shared practical tips and can help us all navigate fake or ambivalent adult friendships. Here's Vanessa Edwards explaining how to gently let go of ambivalent relationships in episode 86, Konmari, Your Friends and Relationships.
5: So what you really want to think about is, is this someone that you can let go fully or is this someone that you have to put boundaries around? So if it's a family member or someone you work with, you might not have the freedom to just have them let go from your life. And that means you have to put boundaries around them. So that could be Time boundaries, like you only want to spend a certain amount of time with them or see them during certain time periods. That could be setting up verbal boundaries. So letting them know what you are comfortable talking with them about or communicating with them about. Or that could just be minimizing their effect in your life as much as possible, which, you know, we could talk about, I could talk about for hours, but thinking through every way they impact you and then trying to minimize it. The other option is if it's someone who is in your life, but you think that you do have a choice to back away from thinking about how you want to gently let them go. Unlike an unwanted object, you cannot just donate a person to goodwill. <laughs> <laughs> I wish it was so easy, but you can actually have a breakup with someone. But sometimes we actually do have to break up with friends and you can do it gently by just slowly kind of letting more and more time pass between each time you see them. And you can also do it by being very direct and open and upfront. So thinking about how you're going to do that with the different people in your life is really important for taking control.
1: That message has perfect timing as we move into the time of the year where we're more likely to encounter these types of relationships.
0: One of the things that really struck me about that podcast is this idea that, you know, as you become an adult, your relationships change. I mean, I remember through high school and college and even early adulthood, you know, if I didn't talk to a my closest friends every day, it felt like, you know, it was terrible. It was just, you know, it was just a very routine thing to do, to talk to my whatever my close circle of friends was during those different periods of time very frequently and probably see them maybe twice, three times a week. Then as time has gone on and people have gotten into relationships, you know, most of my friends had children, then all of a sudden seeing people all the time was not even a possibility. But it didn't mean that they weren't still friends or that maybe it was just enough that I saw people once a week or once a month or once every three months. And I read something recently that expressed that idea. And I've seen this a lot lately when, you know, just kind of being okay with the fact that that relationships evolve. And it doesn't mean that you're any less friends or any less close. It just means things have changed. And I read something that said, Those people that you needed to see every week in your 20s and 30s, you'll send a card to once a year in your 30s and 40s, and then you'll start meeting up again for happy hour in your 50s. Which I think (laughs) is so great because I think that that's what happens once those responsibilities that you have when you're in the midst of your career and raising children or whatever it is that you do in, in that busy time of your life. At the end of the day, you're still friends, and it's important to really acknowledge that friendship doesn't require some kind of maintenance program. Friends are friends, and the people that fall away from you in your life, the people that that you no longer have that close contact with, that's okay. It's just kind of the evolution of being a growing person. I mean, it would be actually not a very good thing if you had the same type of relationships with people that you had in high school. It would would basically say that maybe you haven't grown that much as, as a person. Not that you shouldn't be friends with those people that you knew in high school, because of course you should, but your relationships definitely evolve over time.
1: I agree. And I feel that friendships have a season and that might be because of the way I was raised. I had to make friends very quickly. I went to three different high schools, for example, like I was moving around. So I would have a best friend and then I would move and then I'd have a new best friend. (laughs) Because of that, I guess what that meant to me is that friendships have kind of a start and an end sometimes or an ebb and a flow. And some of the friends I had in middle school, I was able to reconnect through the power of Facebook and technology Mm -hmm. with now. So yeah, there's no time limit. There's no requirements. If the person's truly meant to be in your life, then that's what will be. So I love that Vanessa really stresses on the importance of boundaries here. I loved how she connected this back to tidying as well. So there's so much of a parallel here because the things that are really hard for people to let go of are those things that we feel ambivalently about. And that could be a pair of shoes or it could be a friendship that you've had for 10 years. You, know, you never know. And I think it's so interesting how when someone has a question about tidying, it's usually not oh, uh, what should I do with this thing that's like broken and obviously needs to be thrown away? (laughs) You know, the answer is pretty clear. But when it's something like, oh, what do I do about this thing that I may need someday? Maybe I might use it. I don't know. That seems to be the question that I get before I even step into their home. They're either asking me about that over a call or during a speaking engagement. That is the most common question there, that gray area. So it's interesting how that comes up for us when we make decisions about our home and also about our relationships. Now that we've shared a few highlights, let's talk about 2020. We want to
0: continue to bring you practical tips and powerful guests. We'll also be adding in other surprise components, feature episodes, and giveaways that will allow you to seamlessly share your burning, tidying questions with us and the entire Spark Joy podcast community.
1: If you have suggestions now or really any time of the year for a topic we should include or how we could spark more joy in our episodes, or if you'd like to be a guest on our show or have an idea of who to invite, please do not hesitate to reach out to us by sending us an email at contact at sparkjoypodcast.com.
0: We've already started to plan and prepare the next season of Spark Joy, but it's also time for us to take a quick holiday break. We're looking forward to beginning the new year
1: refreshed and recharged. This will be our last official episode of 2019 before we return in January. But no worries, we've got you covered. During our mindful break, we'll be releasing encores of our most popular episodes. Each and every Tuesday in December, as you spend time with your family and rest up for next year. And now, what you've all been waiting for
0: it's time to announce the winners of our Spark Joy giveaway. Each winner will have the opportunity to select from the following prizes
1: a copy of Spark Joy, an illustrated masterclass on the art of organizing and tidying up, signed by Marie Kondo. A two-hour virtual tidying lesson on behalf of For the Love of Tidy, membership to the Spark Joy Club at the coveted Joy Sparker level, or a signed copy of Marie Kondo's newest release, Kiki and Jack's: The Life-Changing Magic of Friendship.
0: All right, let's announce the winners.
1: The first winner of the 2019 Spark Joy Giveaway goes by the handle Kelly Confusion. She writes Spark Joy podcast is the perfect tidying companion to the KonMari method. Kristen and Karen share thoughtful advice based on their own experience as KonMari consultants. They and their wonderful guests offer great insight on going through each of the signature KonMari categories as well as maintaining and living out the KonMari lifestyle. Listening to this podcast definitely sparks joy for me. Thank you Kelly.
0: Our next winner goes by the handle Shane Valley listener and they write, I enjoy the host of this podcast so much. They are encouraging and grounded. They give great practical advice as well as ideas to think about your philosophy of what you want to accomplish. I will continue to listen. Oh, great. Thank you.
1: Our next winner goes by the handle Easy MC and they write, I love this podcast. They cover a variety of topics and give tangible ideas on how to spark joy in your everyday life. Every time I listen to an episode, I get more and more motivated to tidy. Thanks, EZMC.
0: Our next winner is Joy66. After starting the KonMari process, this podcast is great to keep up the motivation. It brings joy by sharing advice along the way, and inspires to live a decluttered life. Oh, thank you.
1: Our next winner goes by the handle CA, And she writes, tidying is hard work and these podcasts keep me motivated. I find the ones related to actually carrying out the tidying process most helpful. Thanks GadgetGirl. And
0: last but not least, our last winner goes by the handle BAMMER. I'm a big fan of all things condo. I was happy to discover this easy to listen to podcast. I get great ideas or sometimes motivation to continue my work. There are all kinds of neat topics that accompany me on walks or cleaning up.
1: Thank you to all of our listeners for sending us the gift of your feedback via iTunes and helping us reach more listeners who want to get organized once and for all.
0: We'll be contacting each of you individually this week. Running this giveaway has been lots of fun and will definitely be holding more in the future, giving you another chance to win big and bring home the joy.
1: Yes, fun times as we let go of 2019 with gratitude and open ourselves up to new opportunities in our Kanmari practice and the podcast in 2020.
0: The good news is this is only the beginning. We've got an amazing lineup for 2020, more guests to exude joy and embody the KonMari lifestyle. And we'll continue to share them with you each and every Tuesday.
1: So now we want to hear from you. Tell us your burning, tidying questions or share stories about how KonMari has impacted your life.
0: Head over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe and review the show, which helps us reach others along their tidying journeys.
1: To extend your tidying experience, you can join the SparkJoy Club.
0: Visit sparkjoypodcast.com and click join the club to become a member of the SparkJoy community or join us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.
1: Thanks for tuning in and we hope your day sparks joy.
0: Thank you for listening to SparkJoy with your hosts Kristen Ivy of For the Love of Tidy in Chicago, and Karen Sochi of The Serene Home in New York City. SparkJoy, the podcast, is not endorsed by or affiliated with Kamari Media Inc. The opinions expressed on this episode represent the views of the co-hosts and guests alone and do not represent the corporate position of Kamari Media Inc. or the Kamari consultant community.